What's up, guys, and welcome to Living the Damn Dream. I'm Mike, and if you're a listener of this podcast from the beginning by now, you know that when I come on here alone and kind of talk a little bit lower energy, it's usually because there's been a problem. And guess what? I messed up. Uh, we have a great guest for you this week. This week, I'm already messing up just talking about the mess up. Chris, Naoki, Lee, and Sarah's not on the intro right now because of the mistake that I made. We're going to have the chat with Chris in a second. He's going to answer the damn dozen. But normally, Sarah and I come on first and talk about our week and catch up with you guys. Uh, the issue is that the microphone that I use is different than the microphone that I use when I do some of my other gigs, especially recording Zoom interviews, stuff like that. And I forgot to switch the adapter that I use to go from one to the other in time for the podcast. So Sarah had great audio, great audio file. Chris had a great audio, great audio file. He's an awesome interview and a great guest. And me, the guy in charge of the tech for this whole show, messed up his end. So this episode is going to sound a little bit different. What's going to happen now is I'm going to throw it to what Sarah had recorded, the introduction to Chris, to tell you all about him. Then we'll go to the interview with Chris. You're going to hear Sarah asking her half of the damn dozen questions. Chris answering, me nowhere to be found. Then I'm going to chime in right now when you're listening to me in this moment with the second half of the damn dozen questions, which are the ones that I had originally asked Chris. But again, that'll just be him and Sarah back and forth, me nowhere to be found. And yeah, sorry again. This is a weird one. If you're a fan of Chris's, I promise this isn't always the case. Please stick with us for future episodes and other guests and backstage and behind the scenes type stories and tips from our lives lives in media. Subscribe, download, give us a good rating. This technical malfunction notwithstanding. But hey, it's 2020. What else can go wrong, right? So here's Sarah to tell you all about Chris. And then after that, our chat with Chris Naoki Lee. I'm excited about this person. So his name's Chris Naoki Lee. Uh, he was born and raised in Los Angeles. He's been working in TV and film for over 20 years. And he's not that old, folks. Um, after he got his BFA in theater at New York University, which is how I know him, Chris returned to the West Coast and he's appeared on shows that you might have heard of, such as AMC's The Terror, Fox's Deputy, uh, and Lethal Weapon, Amazon's Jean-Claude Van Johnson, and Too Old to Die Young. Um, and when Chris isn't on set acting, he's often working on voiceover, production, writing, and directing projects, and he actually just made his feature directorial debut with an article in Deadline, by the way. I know. With the film Dinner Party, which he co-wrote with Greek alum Daniel Weaver. Um, he's also, fun fact, ranked in IMDb's list of 40 Asian-American actors under 40 to watch out for. Yeah. All right, he's here in the flesh, or at least as fleshy as we're going to get over, I don't know, the phone. <laughs> it's feeling pretty fleshy. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. I'll Thanks, guys. I'm just really yeah. getting good with my words on this podcast. Um, practicing outros, all that good stuff. Hi, I won't waste any further time. Welcome, Chris. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> It's going well. Thank y'all for having me. I'm excited to be here. How's everybody doing today? We're chilling. It's uh, 8 o'clock here on the East Coast. I know it's a little after 5 there on the West Coast. So I'm in my pajamas. Yeah. Like that's It gets to about like 6 o'clock now, and then I throw on my pajamas. How about you guys? Uh, I mean, 
I was about to say, yeah, like, I don't even know if I change out of my sweats if I don't need to at this point. I'm just kind of, I think I realized how much I enjoy, because I would always wear like pants, like jeans and all that stuff. And and I think ever since all this stuff happened, I almost just perpetually just always in sweats, like always finding a way to always be comfortable. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing, but I will hopefully take it as a good thing. You know what it is? I had to tape. I had to tape today and they asked for full body shots. So I went from and by the way I my pants lately are I, I think if there's any women that listen to this they probably identify it's leggings I live in leggings I kind of already lived mm. in leggings but now I really live in leggings so I just moved from leggings back to sweats because they give me a little bit more breathing room mm. <laughs> okay so yes all right well now we'll just move into the good stuff and talk about, Chris, like you've been up to a lot. I mean, we had to move this tape around because you are taping. So tell me how the pandemic's been treating you aside from, you know, the stuff that we're all kind of dealing with. And talk to me a little bit about, you know, the cool projects that you have been working on and what it's been like for you. Yeah. Uh, loaded, loaded question to start it off with. Sarah. Truly. I appreciate that very <laughs> much. Uh, I, yeah, you know what, look, I, I think... This obviously, you know, uh, this whole scenario, everything with COVID um, obviously put a huge kind of, you know, derailed a lot of people uh, in 2020. And I think even if you have opportunities just to work a little bit, that's such a great, you know, grateful thing. Um, So so just, you know, I it comes in waves. Like, obviously, it was very dead in the industry um, between the you know months of March through summer. um, And then it started to kind of pick back up towards the end of summer. Um, but even then, you know, you obviously see a lot of things shutting down, getting postponed, uh, moving into 2021. Um, and for me, you know, and specifically my type, uh, there's at, at the end of the day, COVID or not, there still just isn't a lot of opportunities, not a lot of uh, representation in, in that regard. But uh, you take them where you can get it. And and I, I do think that there are certain things that kind of trickle in. And I had opportunity to, to read for some pretty fun projects kind of over the summer. And uh, this past one that I just did as well uh, today was uh, just a fun little thing. Like I, again, I, I'm just grateful to be able to have the opportunities to still go out there and kind of, you know, fight for your meal um, just because it is one of those really tough times for anybody in the industry and anybody else that isn't even in the industry. So uh, it's like waves. That That's the way that I kind of look at it. There are times when it's busy, but then there are plenty of times when you might go through some weeks and just like not get anything at all. Uh, so, you know, when it does pop up, I think you prepare, you do your thing, but you also try not to be too precious about it because then you're going to kind of put more weight into what you need to. Um, really, you just you just go in and you do your thing and and kind of like how I just was telling Mike earlier, yeah, you throw it to the wind and you see where it goes after that. I mean, I think that's definitely been our experience too and what we've been talking about a lot on here. So it's nice to hear that someone who's had already a pretty decent career as you is, you know, experiencing or I don't want to say nice because obviously Mm. I wish the best for everyone. Um, But, it, you know, it feels it feels accurate to sort of like what I've been seeing as well. Um, But I do know, obviously, you also finished or you're working on dinner party and getting that out there. Um, and that is your directorial yeah. debut on on a feature. Um, aside from that, which we'll we'll return to just briefly in a second. I mean, did you pick with all the extra free time? Did you pick up any hobbies, or what have you been doing with your time? 
Uh, you know, it's funny. I I was a huge gym person when I was, uh, you know, pre-COVID and all. But during all this, obviously, gyms are all closed at that time. And, and I got really into running, funny enough. Um, and, and I'm not necessarily like, like I'm a lean dude, you know. And I'm, I play basketball a lot. So I, I feel like I always have a little bit of that uh, cardio kicking in and I have a high metabolism. But I've actually really taken to running um, through this whole thing and uh and on a good week i'll be probably running like three four times a week um which i really like uh, on the flip side of that my drinking has skyrocketed so probably <laughs> that's another hobby that has you know probably taken up as it shouldn't have um but that and um, i've actually been also playing a little bit more video games than i've used to and uh, and it's also ties into doing a little bit more vo work lately um just because during all this vo work really didn't stop so i kind of uh delved in as a kind of my own like I justified it as my own investment thinking like oh yeah I should definitely watch more video game cutscenes and see how they talk because obviously I should learn how to do it but I'll play a couple games too just because you know I, I mean I got it so I think I uh kind of had a little bit of that um between all the different hobbies that uh, I picked up during this pandemic so Let's get back into the professional stuff and launch mm. into the damn dozen. Uh, and also, I Let's should say more more it. positive and professional. Not that any of that's not positive, but let's 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 give you some nostalgia here. What has mm. been your favorite role or job to date? Ooh, good question. Um. One of the last few things that I did was uh, it's kind of a two part answer for me, so I hope you can I hope you can accept two two answers here. Uh, Unacceptable. But <laughs> uh, you, you get you get one this time, Chris. You get it this time. Um, ba- basically, last year I worked on this really great show on AMC called The Terror. Um, it was in its second season. It's an anthology horror series, and it kind of depicts uh, um, sort of sci fi horror fiction with non-fictional events that have happened in 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 real life uh the second season actually took, takes place during world war ii and it highlights around the japanese japanese american internment camps so that was something that and i played uh, someone that was you know placed in internment camp i was a bit of an activist uh within the crew trying to kind of get everybody to rise up and, and know their rights and everything so that actually really resonated with me um just because i was really getting into that kind of world anyway uh, just, you know, really fighting for things that uh, I, I felt that I wanted to fight for. And to have that role come along was really serendipitous. And, and I really love that. And again, it just has such a heavy message, but also a very, um, you know, it could be a very cathartic thing for people who are watching it, but also who might want to enjoy horror, too. So that was really uh, rewarding. But I would almost say, you know, another role that I really loved and even though like it was it was a bit part in a lot of ways, but I, I got to be on this show called John Claude Van Johnson starring John Claude Van Damme uh, on Amazon. And the funny thing about that was when I first watched Bloodsport when I was a kid uh, starring John Claude Van Damme, I told my mom and my dad, I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I want to be this like this cool movie star kind of thing. And granted, like I obviously you know, picked up a lot of different uh, like idols and mentors along the way. But he was like the guy that I really just like loved when I was a kid. And, you know, who would have known that 20 years later, 
uh, I got to, you know, work with the guy and, and, you know, be in scenes with him and didn't, I never said anything to him on set. I want to be professional. I want, I didn't want to be that guy, but, uh, but on the rap party, you know, when I was just inebriated enough to have the confidence to go up to him and, you know, tell him that it was like, Hey, you know, uh, I just, I, I got to say to you, JC, I got to say to you, like, this this is why I started doing this. Like you are the reason why I started doing this. And I was a little nervous when I said it, but he just put his hand on my shoulder. He looked at me and he was like, Chris, I so appreciate you telling me that. And it was like this incredible, like full circle moment in my life that um, again, I, I cherish it just because you don't ever think you get to kind of work with your heroes when you're a kid. Um, and so to be able to do that, I was, uh, I, gave, I gave myself a little pat on the back because I thought that was pretty cool. That might be like the best possible situation getting to work with one of your idols so what is your worst audition horror story and this is the question i think i asked you on the show where you told me a story yeah <laughs> that's right that's right i remember it i remember it should i mean i could repeat the story i'm, I'm trying to think if there were other nightmare scenarios did you ever flub had. an audition was there anyone ever mean to you um did anything embarrassing happen like i don't know i don't know what could happen did you ever I do mean, a weird audition where like you had to do something that you were like what the heck am i doing right now like i almost action. feel like any commercial commercial auditions are always just very weird just because of all the so stuff weird. that's kind of like little 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 tiny things that you have to do um, and they're always shooting it in a wide shot. So you just, you're going to look really damn silly, like if you're driving a car or whatever. Um, so I've always find, found those to be uh, a little bit interesting. But I think like just any specific audition, I think, I guess I'm just not the biggest fan. And I, and I know that I don't do well. And it's not necessarily, I don't want to say that it's their fault because it isn't in some ways. But it's like when a reader is so just cold and just so like, doesn't give you anything to work with mm. um, those are tough like those are those are pretty tough just because and and it's so funny funny enough <laughs> that same office that that uh, I was telling you about I think it was like last like two weeks ago yeah um, the one that I had that kind of crazy callback that's actually the, one of the offices that do something very similar where they just like they read it to you as if they are a zombie and just like kind of read it very very just cold um, and they that's like they do that on purpose just because they want you to be able to like, kind of like get through that. That's kind of what I also realized with those types of rooms as well, because it's like if if that can sort of shake you, then I almost feel like that's their way of testing you too, of being like, hey, this is this is how it is. This is like, this is how it's gonna be out there. So if you're not gonna be able to do it, it like here, you can't do it out there. That's kind of how I took it. Um, so whenever I do get readers like that, like I will not like say do more but i will absolutely be like i'll be looking at them until they look back at me to get some connection and i'll go back into my line because sometimes they'll just be looking at their their sheet the whole time and that's it um so it just depends but I, i've had some pretty uh pretty unfortunate times in rooms as well mm, that sounds that sounds pretty horrible like a dead fish or isn't that what you call dead it fish yeah like a dead fish as a reader i would say that's yeah. a pretty bad yeah. uh situation for sure um, we might already know the answer to this, but I have a feeling you might give us something else. Um, if it's not Jean-Claude Van Damme, what made you choose <laughs> this for a career? Hmm. 
I mean, the impetus, the, the definitely that start was Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, I think it was also just my love of movies. I cannot tell you how many movies I watched. I think I watched like Independence Day seven times in the theater, I remember. And I was just so enthralled by it. And I was a huge fan of Will Smith. Um, so I just really like, I just, I love those, you know, sit back and, you know, eat some popcorn and, and just really get into it. Um, so I really, I think that like just movie making in general, storytelling in general was the thing that really, you know, kind of drove me in. And then of course, different, you know, idols that I looked up to, um, and admired certainly kind of kept, kept me going and, and kept the fire burning. And, and nowadays, you know, there's still so many actors that I, I look up to and can't wait to potentially be able to work with them, but like at the same time, continue to admire the work that they do and you know, gives you something to push forward to and, and get better at as well. So maybe this, again, maybe this answers our next question. If you weren't a performer, what would you be doing for a living? Would you be a professional chess player? Are you there yet? <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. Beth Harmon would absolutely just shit on me. Uh, I don't, by the way, is, is, this a, is this a curse? Is this a curse-friendly uh, podcast? Am I allowed yes, to uh, definitely. curse like a sailor? Okay. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I say if there was anything... I mean, when I was a kid, there was a lot of things I wanted to do. I, I want basketball player was one of the first thing I wanted to do. Like I remember, just I was a huge Laker Laker fan, uh, big fan, like big fan of Magic Johnson. So I, I always wanted to be a basketball player. Realized I didn't have the height or the skills for it, so I was like, yeah, let's pull that back. Um, <laughs> and then astronaut was also pretty high up on the list because I was a huge like astronomy person. I loved the stars and the planets and and all the science behind it. Um, but I also like don't know if I would have the stomach to be able to fly all the way to Mars and stay there forever and never come back. So I, uh, but but those are things that always have enticed me. So uh, big dreams, I guess. But if they were practical, uh, was the question actor specific or artist specific so or like industry specific? So if you specific? weren't, yeah, like I guess if you weren't in entertainment, what might you be mm. doing for a living? Like you can't well, switch over to people, like writer or director, yeah. People have said this to me. I don't know if I can believe it, but they people think lawyer or politician. I don't know if either of those are good things to hear, but uh, that's what I've been told before. So I, 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 I can use that as my answer, but I'm not necessarily proud of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. I'm going to give you exactly. something to be proud of, though, so don't worry, because this next one, okay. we want to know what's your best unknown skill, something that might surprise us. Oh, best unknown skill. I'm a pretty damn good cook. I don't know. It's All kind right. of like an unknown thing, but I, 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 take, I take pride in that. I make a pretty mean fried chicken and fried uh, had chicken. some for Thanksgiving. I know, I know. I'm, uh, I, I I can hang my hat on it. I'm I'm not mad at it. I've I've definitely learned through the years, and I had a couple chef friends, and they would just teach me some things. And it's the occupational hazard of of working in those in the server days in restaurants, and like kind of mm -hmm. picking brains of my chefs of being like, hey, I want to cook something tonight, or I want to make something for my lady really nice tonight. What should I do? And just over the years, I just accumulated different recipes and. Um, again, not like I'm not great, but uh, I definitely, from at least what other people have said and when I've kind of fed them, I've, I'm happy to see that they enjoy it. Or they're really good liars. They're all, act I don't know, they could all be actors at this point. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Chris, I'm per- Chris just called all of his friends liars. So if you guys are listening, yeah, just, <laughs> do not know immediately. Yeah. Ha- do not stop listening. Stop listening. Anyone yeah. who's my friends right now. Um, I was also going to say, but this is, I guess it's more known, you know, that you're what you're, you're a pretty skilled martial artist, right? I, I, it's in, in my heydays, I was in your I heydays. definitely still. I well, I mean, look, I, I, as even part of the job that we do, there are certain elements you have to kind of keep in check. So, like even the athleticism and and different things like that, uh, I'll, I'll certainly try to upkeep. But, um, but yeah, like I definitely, I've trained in martial arts for about eight years, and and then in fight choreography, had a lot of experience within that, uh, and and stunt choreography as well. So, you know, definitely had my definitely dabbled my hands into it. I've definitely gotten a little bit older with it, so it's I'm a, maybe a, a, I don't have as nearly a pep in my step, but uh, also I yeah like I can I can do it I can throw a punch I can throw down I'll put it that way. All right, final thing of the career portion. Mm. What is your okay. biggest piece of advice for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps? Now we think about this question. Okay. Uh, mm. um, well, without sounding, ob- yeah, without sounding like, you know, I, again, I, I'm still in a lot of ways, you know, trying trying to get to the next level, trying to move up to the next level and, and, and all that. So um, any, anyone who takes this type of advice, take it with a grain of salt at the end of the day. But, uh, I, you know, look, I learned a lot from the people who came before me. And so I stand on their shoulders in a lot of ways. And I think it's important to take stock in that. I think we're in a business where um, I think it was, I, I remember hearing this somewhere else, uh, what Philip Seymour Hoffman said about this business, especially when it comes to actors, where it's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of this specific fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, thank you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, thank you. And and I, when he said that, I really resonated with me because there's this level of, uh, kind of like a value you have to keep within yourself but if you let that drive you so far as to make you know make it almost egotistical then you're gonna fall into a bracket like whether you like whether you think it's gonna happen or not this town is a small town in a lot of ways it's like people do talk and and so like in my, my simplest thing is, is to be kind to be humble but if you you also have to maintain that that resilience for yourself to be like no nah, fuck you like I know what I'm I know what I can do, um, so there's like this weird balancing high wire act that you kind of have to do in this business, um, because you know especially when you're starting off, you might feel like one opportunity is so big, and although it it may feel like that, you kind of have to let that part of it go because again and I kind of brought this up earlier but you you don't need to be so precious with it. Um, and I think that's also something that the industry and casting and producers, like they know that they can sense that they want to hire the person that doesn't need the job. And the person who walks into the room being like, oh, yeah, I, I know what the business is. They'll be like, oh, great. That's a that is a breath of relief, um, even from a casting side. So I think from from the standpoint of, you know, be genuine, be authentic, uh, but at the same time, you know, understand there is kind of like a, a hierarchy to the world that you can absolutely you know skyrocket and jump and if you're that lucky yo fantastic like that's phenomenal um all just the general mass the general majority doesn't get to experience that type of journey when it comes to their career like i'm one of those people and i can even compare it funny enough like my partner she 
you know, she was able to be on a show when she was at a young age and it was a very successful show and she was a series regular on it. So she's been able to kind of cultivate a lot of opportunities and continue that momentum. And that's phenomenal. But that's also not the standard that a lot of people experience. Like I, I was acting since I was 12 years old. And I, you know, it's 20 some years later, here I am finally kind of seeing the fruits of my labor. Uh, so, you know, you also have to be patient and you also have to understand that it is a process that at any moment it can pop off. So you just have to be prepared. You have to know that it's luck where opportunity meets that preparation and and then ride the wave. Like when it's your time, I know this is a long ass answer, but when it's your time, like ride the wave and, and just maximize that time in the light because that's how you keep the momentum going yeah that was a long piece it was so good people got many pieces of advice for the price of one how about that (laughs) hopefully hopefully i loved it i loved it i'm i am one of those people who yeah same thing it's it's been a long road and i still don't Mm -hmm. you know i i'm definitely not where i want to be but i'm also happy where i'm at if that makes any sense like i'm proud of I, I know the level of, comp- of accomplishment that I've achieved, but there's also <laughs> so right. much more that I want. Um, Isn't so that amazing that though, balance. too? Like that's, that, yeah, like 100%. And yeah, seeing all the stuff that you've done and like everything that I get to see on your social and everything, it's like some people sometimes can't, it's hard for them to take stock and look back and see all the things that they've done. Like, you know, you've done a lot. It's, it is, it's great. Like even the opportunity to be here, it's like, here we are. This is a, this is a great opportunity. This is a great thing. So I think it's like, you know, it's okay to sort of take stock of the things that you've already done and and relish in it, but also understand that, you know, don't get comfortable because I have that mentality too of, you know, when you're resting and, and not doing anything, somebody else is actively trying to take your spot. Um, and not to say that you should always be on edge. You should certainly take your own time and, and do your self-care. Um, but at the same time, there's, also, there's always that time to roll up the sleeves and, and get the hands dirty. Fake Mike here again. So now, normally we go to the second half of the Damn Dozen, and again, apologies for this super weird episode, but now I'm going to go with the first question that I asked Chris in real time. Who would play him in the movie of his life? If somebody was to throw me in the... Oh, man. who? God, this is, this is like so an actor would be playing me in, in, in the role of, of Chris Naoki Lee? Yeah. Who'd I go with? Full creative. I mean, if if we have to go, oh man, oh man, this is tough. This one's tough. You threw the hard ones at me. At question number seven. I should have braced myself. I there, knew those it was were warm up. Yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah, I knew I was gonna get stumped. Oh, these are supposed to be the fun, easy ones. Um, you know, in a weird way. Oh gosh, it's oh man. I, I'm 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 choking up man i don't know i'm trying to think i'm trying to okay if i had to choose and i'm just thinking of like the list of actors that i also love um i can see people like a i'm gonna give you like three actors here that are all very very different um i would go with uh keanu reeves Mm. or sam rockwell wow or mahershala ali and they're three totally different people, completely different vibes. Um, I love that. But, but that's where where I would go. I would say if, if 
yeah, if if <laughs> if nothing from the aesthetic portion mattered, I would say with those three guys. Question eight of Chris's damn dozen: Who was his first celebrity crush? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love I had, Hewitt. I had, I had a fucking wall of Jennifer Love Hewitt at my home, <laughs> like in my where I grew up, like a wall. Like I'm not even joking you. The wall that out of my my childhood bedroom was just littered with magazine photos of her. And to a point when a girl that I remember when I was like in middle school, she gave me a birthday present of a photo album of all Jennifer Love Hewitt stuff. And it was one of my favorite presents ever. I, that's, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, I still, it's so funny, yeah. Cause I'm just like nowadays, I'm like, oh my gosh, she, you know, she works on 911. And like, I know I have friends, like, I got friends who work on that show. Like, I'm so close. Like, I'm so close to potentially meeting her. Um, but I wouldn't know what to do if I did. I would, probably just crawl into a ball and and just cry. <laughs> I'd be so happy. That's so good. <laughs> Different story. Different story. Oh my I'd god. Say her and I her love and, that. And then and then my my next I was going to say my next my next celebrity crush right after her was Kate Beckinsale. If that cuz I remember both of them were very I was very into them when I was growing up. Yeah, she was hot too. Ugh, she was she was very pretty. Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Pearl yeah. Harbor, yo. Question nine for Chris. What's the worst fashion trend he ever participated in? Ooh, um, I don't know if this, I, maybe if this counts. I was one, I was one of those guys in my junior and senior year of high school. I was that dude who would, <laughs> I laugh thinking about it now. I would wear like jeans, like like baggy type of jeans, and then I would wear like my dad's dress shirts to work or to to school, and uh, I would be and I have like no chest hair whatsoever. I'm like a skinny little kid in high school, and I would and I would just do the like unbutton the like two three buttons at the top just to show <laughs> enough of my bare chest to you know other unsuspecting high schoolers, and for some for some freaking reason that was like cool to me. And uh, I'm sure looking back on any of those photos now, I would think, yeah, that was pretty questionable. But um, but hey, I I rocked it. I was very I rocked it with conviction. So oh yeah, I and mean, the hey, unbuttoning. I, I of- would rock a the unbuttoning, and I would rock a fedora. Yeah. There it is. I should I, I forgot to add that. I had a I, I had a fedora. <laughs> wow, so I was a big uh, big Justin Timberlake big Justin Timberlake Michael Jackson fan at those times. I was doing a lot of like dances and singing and that type of stuff. Oh, guys, also, you have to check out Chris's dancing. That's another, I mean, again, not an unknown skill, but so skilled at such a skilled dancer. Thank you. Thank you. If I try, if I try to do the splits now, I would be in a hospital though. So it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty (laughs) tough these days, but, uh, but when a, when a good, when a good beat drops in, I'll, I'll certainly groove. I groove really well when I'm in the kitchen cooking, you know, that's my, that's, that's when I get my freestyle back in. Yeah. Question number 10 of the damn dozen for Chris. Who's his favorite Disney character? You know, this. I guess I'm going to go for, for the more slightly untraditional. I feel like there are other Disney characters that I really love and I feel like kind of resonate more with me. But just as a great character that I really loved, and it's, probably, it's one of my favorite Disney films. It's a Pixar film. But uh, uh, I was a, I'm a huge fan of the movie Up. And mm. I think of Russell... Um, Russell is the uh, he's the chubby little Asian half Asian kid that uh, gets thrown into the house with with uh, with the old man and they go on their journey. But he has like 
he's so he's such a genuine character. He's super funny. I love that guy. Um, so I, I and it's also just it caters to the fact that it is like one of my favorite Disney films out there. So I'll, I'll go with him. I'll, I'll stamp it down. Final answer. I figure that's also not someone that everybody brings up, but no. that guy. I mean, you watch any of his scenes, man. He is he is so good. That like whoever was the actor on that. I'm a yeah. Kudos. I I love that movie. That five, that intro montage that they do in that movie, that first like five minutes, it is like pure storytelling at its finest. That that's like those are it's, Pixar just does story really well. So I'm that's why I just really love those types of films. Number eleven in our damn dozen, and Chris will take this one now. What's the first CD he ever bought? Gosh, was it? It's either. <laughs> it's either. Uh. What was it? I think um, was it two thousand four? What was the Chronic album that Dre dropped? Like I don't know if it was Chronic, but I think was it Chronic? I can't. Remember. That's probably. And was it called two thousand one? What was it called? It was called two thousand one. Thank you. It was okay. So it was either that, or now that's what I call music too. I'm pretty sure it was one of those two. I'm pretty sure it was one of those two CDs. <laughs> that might be my remember, favorite like, answer. <laughs> I remember I was like in a Tower Records. Yeah. Yo, yo, uh, yeah. I was like listening to a, like a Janet Jackson song. I remember being like, oh, this is a, they got a lot of good songs on here. Like, nice. Yeah, it's cool. And I listened to like Dre and I'm like, oh, this is great too. Uh, so I remember like around the same time I bought both of those CDs. And the last question in the damn dozen, what's in Chris's fridge right now? Okay, there is, okay, there's OJ, there's water, there's beer, there's wine, there's Wingstop leftovers, Thanksgiving leftovers, there <laughs> is turkey bacon, there is a, uh, a Sun Basket recipes, not trying to plug y'all Sun Basket, but you know, you're getting it anyway. Um, then uh, eggs and yogurt and a lot of condiments and I thought you were say margarita mix. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I, if I, I definitely slowed down on the way that I finished that wording. Oh, so that was, uh, that was definitely misleading. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's it. <laughs> Guys, you can go find Chris. Where, Chris? What are your handles on the social media accounts? Uh, find me everywhere on at Chris Naoki Lee. That's at Chris Naoki Lee on Insta, Facebook, Twitter. No TikTok because I'm too old for that shit but uh but at the end <laughs> but uh, yes find me anywhere else and stay posted i i uh, we didn't get a chance to talk too much about it but i got a fun little movie that i'm working on and coming out with uh next year so i'm sure at some point you and i sarah and, and mike too maybe we'll get a chance to talk about it some more too absolutely and like that is one of the ways they should 100 that one is Wow, I'm definitely getting really bad at podcasting. <laughs> um, that is definitely one of the ways they should follow along is by looking out for updates on that film because I can't wait to see it. And yeah. guys, if you do want to see more about that now, you can go check out the episode that Chris and I did on the social universe on Sue because we talked about it there. And yeah, you should yeah. go check that out for sure. Love it. Um, Love thank it. you so much, Chris, for talking to me so much in the last couple of weeks. I, we, we're making up for years we really, of lost so contact. No. I was about to say, we really caught up, and I'm so happy about that. I am very, very happy about that. I, I miss all my New York people, so I'm, I'm happy to know that, yeah, everyone's safe as well as they can be. And, uh, and yeah, this was great. Thanks for having me. 
All right, so again, guys, that was a really, really weird episode. Sorry, and it's 100% my fault. Usually we have a great back and forth with our guests, and I had a lot of funny stuff to say to Chris and he to Sarah, Sarah to me, vice versa, all of us having a good time. What are you going to do? You still got to hear Chris's answers to everything. So if you came here to learn more about him, hopefully it was still mission accomplished. If you came to listen to a professionally produced podcast, our bad, it's usually better than this. But again, thank you to Sarah for being professional as always. To Chris for being an awesome, incredible, amazing, super fun guest. And thanks to you guys, most of all, for listening, putting up with my mistake this week, and hopefully coming back next week to keep living the damn